I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's get relational. Hey, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we're uh, we're doing something a little different here and recording from our own separate homes. Uh, and oh, look at our pretty backgrounds. This yeah, you can tell new. we have a similar taste. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Usually we record in the studio at my house and this is our background, but Sarah bought something very similar. Indeed. Not, not for this purpose, but it works no. well for it. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so today we're talking about, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this topic. Why do we love this topic, Sarah? I mean, it's like we both have experiences where with people that are really self-focused and like part of what uh, has happened in kind of our society is that a, a lot of people have been taught to really just like only focus on themselves and not have interest in other people and how they're feeling and how they're doing and what they're doing. And so we have this sort of, as you've stated in a previous video, I'm going to copy you, is an epidemic of, uh, of self-centered people of just who are so focused on themselves, their own problems, their own hullabaloo, whatever the hell it is, that they just have no, it's like they have blinders on towards everything else going on around them with other people, with other things. Like they can't see past me. Like they can't see past themselves, like their little me bubble. Um, And so we, we've had people in our lives that are like that. And it's, and it's, um, difficult to kind of connect with those people because it's not like an equal footing that you're on for communication wise of like what you're able to talk about. Cause even if you want to share something about you, it's like they they just don't really have the wherewithal to understand, you know, that that's something that they need to focus on. It's just, they, they've are very focused. Cause they, they immediately make it about themselves. Yeah. And that's the part that, that makes us both kind of crazy. It's like, if you're, <laughs> If you're, if you're going to go to the effort of sharing and, and uh, being vulnerable and, and increasing intimacy, then you really feel like you want to make sure the other person is listening to you and they're not listening to you just to make it about themselves. Yeah. So one of the things we were, as we were talking about this, one of the things we wanted to propose is think about what you are doing in your conversations in your life and just even how you think about things, not even if you're with another person. Is it always about you? Or is it never about you? And that's the thing to really dig in a little bit with. And, and um, if you're always listening to say, to validate that person's experience because you've had a similar experience, if you're listening to that person to share a personal experience because you think that's going to help them, you're not really listening. Yeah. And that's the thing that is so important is like we really need to listen to hear the other person. Yeah, we we spend, you know, so much time also like listening to respond, as we've said multiple times before, is to really like build a response. So we're never, so many of us uh, are are stuck in that sort of loop. So we're not trying to take in what the other person is is saying and not necessarily internalize it, but um, be able to taking it in and working it through so you understand it and understand where they're, what they're 
where they're coming from and like what they really want and are saying and like uh, what any emotion is behind it. So you can ask questions to be like, Hey, I'm sensing there's something behind this. Can you explain further? Or did something happen to you today that's brought this up for you? Cause like, this isn't something that we normally talk about. Um, so there's, because with listening, there comes uh, like multiple layers of listening. I want to say where you're like, you know, just listening to respond to someone, listening to understand and listening to understand and then figure out if there's more going on that there maybe they maybe haven't said themselves. So. Yeah, one of the things that we like to do is encourage our clients to do a listening audit on themselves. And so really pay attention the next time somebody is sharing with you, whether it's a spouse, a romantic partner, a coworker, a boss, a child, a sibling, whatever it is, you know, a friend. When, when they're talking to you, how are you listening? And we were writing um, blog posts the other day. Um, it's kind of fun. Some days we sit down and we each write our responses to questions we've been getting from uh, people in our community. And it's really fun to just each of us write them and then to come together afterwards and say, well, what did Sarah say? And what did Linda say? Because mm -hmm. um, we're, we're not doing it at the same time and having a conversation about it. We just take the question and respond. And one of the things that we were looking at was just the ability to listen to people and, um, and not feel like you are having a response. So like one of the questions was, my child doesn't talk to me anymore. So, you know, some of our questions were, well, how are you listening? You know, and yeah. what is it you're listening uh, to about what they say? Are you listening to correct them, to judge them, to tell mm -hmm. them how they should be thinking differently? Or are you really listening to what their experience is? And we've both had that experience with friends, um, and with other adults in our lives. And uh, it's super important to be able to pay attention to whether you're trying to be right uh, or whether you're just trying to listen. I, I've, I've had friends who listen to other people for the purpose of deciding whether or not their experience is valid. And I never heard of people doing that, but apparently it's more common than I realized. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, I listened to your story and what you felt like, and, and I can then decide whether or not you should have felt that way. And that's how I can help you. And it's like, wow, because everybody's experience is valid just by itself. You yeah. know? So if I feel a certain way in a certain situation, I'm not wrong just because you don't feel that way in that situation. Yeah, no, it's, it's just your, your emotions are... What, whatever you experience is totally like a valid thing that you experience. It may not, you know make much sense as to why you're experiencing it but you know it's still a valid valid you know experience that you're having and it's just your responsibility to you know work out what it is that you're feeling but someone can't decide whether or not what you whatever emotions you you're you've experienced due to a situation are valid or not because then they're basically invalidating what the whole experience that you went through and a lot of and i think that can be a problem also that we've experience with a lot of people who have experienced trauma someone coming in and being like well that wasn't really like oh i've experienced that that's not really traumatic so you shouldn't have had feelings like that and it's like no 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 no, no. that's like so problematic <laughs> yeah um uh, or, or, or saying things like you think that's bad here's what happened to me and then yeah. you totally feel shut down and invalidated like your experience didn't matter yeah like no what whatever and and, and that's then it also goes into the whole thing where we think it's a competition of who had a worse and it's not. Yeah. 
it's like everyone experiences things differently. So, you know, stubbing your toe may not be a big deal for you, but stubbing your toe, stubbing their toe for a friend might be a really big problem because maybe they've broken their toe before and it hurts yeah. like 10 times more than you, than you, but it's like, they just stubbed their toe. Like, you know, it's not supposed to hurt that much, but for them, it could be a serious problem. So like apply that to us, to other things in your life where well, we experience pain differently. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. just like, it's that thing. Like you may not know what other, what this other person may have gone through in the past that would bring up uh, a certain degree of feeling or the, or the level of feelings that they're having over this thing or this situation, because you didn't experience that. Maybe you experienced something similar, but maybe what is as often as they did, or was as, um, uh, I don't know, as intense. So you can't assume, even though like the same thing happened to you, even if something did that, it's like you you'd have the same experience and therefore you can decide whether or not <laughs> they're allowed to have certain feelings about it. Like, yeah, a little weird, huh? Uh -huh. Well, the other thing related to that is I had some trauma in my childhood and I always was like, well, that, you know, these people had this much worse, you know, this happened to them or that happened to them. And I had to have a number of teachers and healers and, and therapists work with me to say, Linda, what happened to you was bad and it's okay to let it be bad and, and not to discount what happened to you and how it affected you in your life. And, um, you know, I think a lot of our, our parents and our um, guardians and the people who've raised us do the best they can, but it doesn't mean that they gave you everything you needed. You know, even in our relationship, I, I am doing the best I can. I have been doing the best I can, yeah. but I see the places where I obviously didn't give you everything you needed. And I don't think it's our job to give us each other everything we need. It's our job to help guide our kids to figure out how to get what they need. Um, and to have their needs met in some other ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the other concepts we talk about a lot is um, sorting by self or others. Mm -hmm. And uh, I th we've, we've kind of covered the concept a little bit in what we've just talked about. But the basic idea is when you are listening to someone else, when you are reading about somebody's experience, when, when you're uh, paying attention to what's happening in someone else's life, are you sorting what's happening to that person according to you or are you sorting that experience by what's happening to them? Are you able to be objective and be able to hold that person in the space of it's happening to them? It has nothing to do with you. And we have a hard time with that in our culture, American culture, particularly because everything is about us. You know, when I, when I look at, at COVID and, the way that the people in our culture are handling it, the way they're handling it in other cultures around the world, it seems to me there's a huge difference because a lot of Americans feel like we're so independent and nobody should be able to tell us what to do. And we really don't have, at this point in history anyway, a big commitment to the greater good and that we do these things so that other people are going to have a great experience. We're really in it for us and what, what we can get out of it for us. It's all about me. Yeah. And I think historically, there probably were times in our country's history where we did rise to the occasion and it was more of a greater good kind of thing. But in my lifetime, I have not seen a lot of that. You know, I, certainly I hang out with the people who are interested in the greater good. I think Sarah hangs out with people who are um, interested in the greater good. But we're exposed to a lot of people who um, are fiercely independent and anti anything that feels like they're getting controlled. And... Um, that's, that's a place where you have to look at, 
you know, is it all about you or can you objectively look at what's going on and say, wow, how can I contribute to solving this issue in a way that is not about me, but it's about what's going to be best for the bigger group of people. And the other thing too, is like, it's okay to also like come, if someone is talking about something and you're like, oh, I've also had that experience. This is what I did to help myself through that. Or this is what I did to sort of work through that. Maybe that would be helpful to you. I've also gotten these suggestions. Like there's a very different way of being like, oh, I've gone through something similar. Here's what I did. And like suggest things versus like, oh yeah, that happened to me. And like, blah, 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 blah. And go into the whole story about it. Well, it's really good to ask permission too. You know, I had a similar thing happen. Are you interested in me sharing about my response to it and and what people suggested to me? Or do you just want me to listen to you? Yeah. You know, because we don't have to be fixers. We don't have to go out and try to fix the world. We we need to ask people what they want and and, um, come from a place of being of service. And that service might be just shutting up and listening. And we're not good at that, most of us. Yeah. And one of the posts I was writing um, the other day, I was talking about relationships where we banter a lot, you know, and we'll talk over each other and, and there's a lot of laughter and people don't often get a, a thought finish and stuff. But the intent there isn't to speak to be heard. It, it's to be heard, but it's not to have like a deeper conversation. And, it, and it's funny and, and you know, it's fast. And, um, and we have to really be careful to differentiate that kind of conversation from the conversations we also have where it's a deeper sharing conversation. And um, I think it's really easy if you've got both relationships with some friends to, um, to mix that up a little bit uh, and, and thinking you're in a bantering conversation when the other person really wants to be heard. And, and you don't know that whatever the question is that you're all answering, like I was out with some friends the other day and we were all answering a question about something. Um, and it was in that banter mode at first. And then somebody, it was a really deep response they wanted to share. And they got upset that we weren't really listening, that we continued bantering and wanted to withdraw. And we had to say, no, no, no. We hear that that's important to you. We will stop. We apologize. And we're going to move into listening mode now and not bantering mode. Um, And that's the important thing is like, it's so easy to just like withdraw and say, okay, fine. I'm out. Uh, You don't want to hear. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk anymore. Yeah, you know, and that's because everything is filtered. Every everything you listen to is filtered through how it relates to you. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, it's like that's where it, flat communication is so important. Yeah, <laughs> um, just that like if maybe you if you know in that kind of setting, you know, the other thing that could have happened is that the person communicated be like, hey, I know that we're having fun right now, but I actually would like to share something really deep and set it up so that you all are like, oh, okay, listening ears on, let's do this. I'm like 100% focused on what you have to say and I want to understand what's going on for you. Yeah, time to shift. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. so like that's the other thing that you can do as someone who wants to share as well is that you can communicate and say up front, hey, I know this is what we're doing right now, but I actually would really like to share something that's very personal to me. And then then people will be like, oh, okay, so that you're you're not having to have this awkward of like they're not necessarily paying attention to you because you didn't explain that this is where you are coming from of what you wanted to share. So there's like, there's two sides to that. It's also really great that you and your friends were able to be like, turn, turn this, flip the switch basically and be like, oh, uh, my apologies. 
where we'll, we're listening. We didn't realize that's what, where you were going with your, your response. So. Yeah. I, well, the other thing I want to say about that, I, I love what you said about it, it's you really your personal responsibility to say, Hey, I know we're joking around about stuff, but something really significant happened to me or you're all joking about your experiences. Mine wasn't so funny, you know? And, yeah. and so I, I, I do want to share that because now we brought it up. I really feel like I want to be heard. But the other thing is really looking at your own behavior and do you always have to bring everything down and make it about you and make it heavy and serious? And, and so it's examining your own behavior. Like, is that another way you're just making it all about you? And um, is there a way for you to lighten up and go with the party and, um, and find another time to share? You know, and, and it may be perfectly appropriate for you in that moment. Yeah. You may not be that person that it's all about you. But start looking at those places where um, we know some people who we've noticed a, a pattern that if, if they're not getting a significant amount of attention, they suddenly leave the gathering. And um, it's been so interesting to watch. And I, I am not that person. Um, I tend to get, uh, if I'm not getting a lot of attention and other people are needing the attention, I'm okay with that. But I, I do tend to go a little internal and just listen more and talk less if, if it's really clear to me that some other people need more attention. And there are days when I want more attention. But for me, I really work at not making it always about me. And um, Sarah, have you had some of those experiences with friends and, and family members where they always turn it around to be about them? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's so easy to come across. Um, and some yeah. people are like, it's just, uh, it could be a way of them like still working out some sort of trauma that they've experienced in their childhood uh, where they maybe didn't get the attention that they needed. And so now they're kind of working toward like, that's just how they roll now because that's how that's their coping me mechanism of dealing with the void inside them is making stuff about them so that they feel like, you know, they're getting the love and attention that they, they always deserve, but maybe didn't get. Um, and then, um, you know, but it usually comes to, in some ways, that there is some sort of void that those people are trying to fill. And, like, a lot of them don't realize that there, there is, in fact, some sort of empty space in, inside of them that they're trying to fill. But it's almost like they didn't, they, they don't realize that. So it's this, like, canister that has a bunch of holes in it. So anything that they're putting inside of it is also just coming out again. So it doesn't yeah. stay. So they keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again, expecting to, like, feel better. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so it's really fill that bucket with the holes in it. Yeah. You ever. have to, that's why you have to focus internally, work on the relationship you have with yourself to understand yourself and understand what you're going through so that you can patch up those holes in those can, in those canisters inside yourself, your internal reservoirs and, and the like, uh, so that when you are filling it up, it, it's, it, it, the contents remain inside because <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what you want you want the contents to remain inside the reservoir not outside the reservoir um well, yeah because otherwise people could give you all the love in the world and you'd never feel it because it's, it's just going right through. yeah and it would still not be enough yeah. but yeah. that's the thing it still would not be enough so yeah um that's that's uh that's why like like i have an under it's like i empathize with those people and 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 just like you know like in the sense that wow that must be really difficult for feeling like you never got the love that you wanted um and so now you're trying to find ways to fill that up 
Um, and it's, and, and in those cases, it's like, if for people that I'm really close to, like, I will mention something like that. Like, eventually I'll, I sit down and have a conversation and be like, I've noticed that you do this. And some, and for some, some people I, that I have in my life, it, 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 it comes out in very materialistic things whether they have weird money issues. Um, <laughs> but that's like, that's common with a lot of people. Money is a very interesting thing that people worry about. Um, but, uh, I'll also just say that very vaguely. Um, but, uh, so some people it's like they they constantly buy things, but also be really worried about money all the time. Um, that's a very, very common thing. And it's just, again, it's, it's, they're thinking that materials will make them happy because they're not inside. Um, so I feel like I went on a little tangent there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no need but, to apologize. I, you know, I, I think that the other piece related to this is the whole sense of, uh, whether it's all about you or never about you, are you always the victim or are you always the martyr? Mm-hmm. And, um, it was really hard for me, uh, when I was younger to have somebody point out to me, I, cause I gave and gave and gave and gave. And this friend pointed out to me that I must get something out of it or I wouldn't keep doing it. I was so offended because I just thought I should be uh, praised, I think, um, for everything I was giving. And he said, well, clearly you get something out of it or you wouldn't give all the time. You know, what would happen if you weren't the one having to give all the time? You know, what would happen if you just took care of yourself and made sure your needs were met? and didn't feel like everybody else's needs had to happen before yours. And, um, you know, making sure that you're not in a place where you're feeling like you're constantly victimized or that you're constantly a martyr. You know, it's, it's not all about you, but you are super important. Only you can fill up your reservoir, as Sarah said today. Only you can do that. Only you can take care of your needs first. You can't give from an empty vessel because the giving feels needy and um, like you're trying to get something from other people. Yeah. You're expecting so, a return. You're expecting yeah, a return so, on your investment basically. Yeah. So yeah, an so, ROI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really looking at um, when you are in that place of giving, are you giving it from a pure heart? Are you giving it because you truly are filled up yourself and want to give? Um, or are you giving it because you're supposed to, you should, you feel like everybody else expects you to. Um, that's kind of being a victim and a, and a martyr. And uh, that's not very empowering. And it doesn't make you the best listener. Um, it doesn't make you the best partner, parent, friend, any of those kinds of things. It's, you know, people want to be relate in relationship with all of you, not just the part that is giving and, and won't receive. It took me a long time to learn to, stop giving so much because I was getting my identity needs met from giving all the time. And I had to learn to let people receive. It's a really beautiful thing to be able to give to other people. It's, I really love being able to offer something and have someone receive it from me. And I had to learn how to let people give to me so that um, I could receive and let them have the, the pleasure of giving. Yeah, that's, it's, that's really important to be able to have that back and forth going on. Um, and like I have going on to like the victim martyr thing again, um, like I've had some past acquaintances slash friends who were really like their entire headspace was just focused on victimhood. Like mm. everything 
that went goes wrong, uh, you know, in their life. Like it could be like, for example, it could be very random. Like let's say they were had to write a college essay or something like that, like an essay or whatever. Um, and then they thought like, and they probably crammed it or something, you know, how college, college students do, do it. Not a lot of them spend all of their time planning out their schedule and having enough time to write all of these things. So it might, it might have been crammed, but let's say they got a really bad grade on it. It's not their fault. It's, they blame it on extenuating circumstances. Like I was really tired that day. I had been up the late bef night before working on some other project. Um, and so like, I was just, I was really tired or like, oh, my teacher's just an asshole, you know, kind of thing. Like something like that. Like, I don't, the teacher doesn't like me. Just, you know, something like that where it's not because they didn't take the time and set aside the time to work on it so that it would be, it would be as good as it could be. And like a lot of people go about their lives doing that kind of stuff where they go do something and it's, it doesn't work out well. And it's usually when things don't work out well, that suddenly it has nothing to do with them and they don't take responsibility for it. And it becomes yeah. all the other all of these other circumstances surrounding the situation are what caused the problem. And so therefore it's not their fault and they don't have to take responsibility for it. And that's, that's where, that's why being around people who are constantly in that victim space, I like, I can't really deal with it because <laughs> it's, it's just too much of like, they refuse to take responsibility for their own shit. They just like refuse to do it. They don't see it as anything other than like, oh, it's everyone else's problem that this, pro this issue happened. It's not mine. And like trying to be in a relationship, like ro even rom like romantically involved with a person like that. Oh, like, damn, um, like, because whenever you're trying to have a conversation with a person like that about something that has affect that's affected you that they've done, they were, it's not, it's not their fault. They, they, they put it off on something else. And I've, I've had this personally happen, not in a romantic relationship, but, um, with, uh, another person, an adult in my life that may or may not be related to me. <laughs> um, not this one, another one, as in this, not this, this mom, an, another person uh, who really could not take responsibility for our, uh, the issues in our relationship that they caused. Um, and so it was a lot about me trying to learn that, oh, they're affecting me and making me upset and doing these things that are pretty poopy, you know? And so <laughs> trying to have conversations to fix that. And they're like, the, they would blame it on like teenage rebellion. Like the issue is that I'm a, I'm like a 17 year old girl and therefore I'm wanting to regain my independence and I want to go frolic in the forest and not have anyone tell me what to do, you know? And it's like, I came home and I told, I told my mom this and she looked at me like, like, are you nuts? And I was like, yeah, she did it again <laughs> because it was like also a form of trying to convince me that it wasn't her fault and she didn't need to take responsibility for it. So there's, there's also that. And so I would really take a look at how you respond to things when things go wrong, because that's where it shows up. Like when things go wrong, when, when someone or someone in your life comes and tell you, comes and tells you something that, you know, it doesn't make you feel good as in like, Oh, you've really upset me over this or because of the, something that you said, I've, I've been really angry and I haven't wanted to talk to you. Like, what is your, what's the response that you come with? Do you apologize? 
and like decide that I'm going to change my behavior? Or do you say, I'm so sorry, it was because of this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Are there excuses that you come up with to, you know, explain your behavior? And I see you want to say something. So go well, I'm just going to say, I'm sorry is a complete sentence. It's not, I'm sorry. It was because of this, this, and this, and this. It's, I'm sorry. I, I see that my behavior hurt you. Um, I'm sorry that you heard it that way. That wasn't my intention. Can we talk about it again? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that um, everything we talk about comes back to personal responsibility. If, yeah. if relationships in your life aren't working, come back to that sense of personal responsibility. So Sarah, in that situation she was sharing about, claimed personal responsibility for what she could change. And she had to let go of the parts of that relationship that she couldn't change. Mm -hmm. And that didn't have anything to do with anybody else. That had to do with her just having an awareness and not making that whole relationship all about her, but some of the relationship had to be about her. And in that case, it was more about the other parent and the other parent trying to um, influence uh, influence things in certain ways that didn't acknowledge Sarah's feelings yeah. in a way that Sarah felt heard. And I think that's the part we've worked on the most is making sure that we both are able to communicate in a way that we both feel heard. Now, we're sometimes short with each other. We're sometimes talk over each other. Um, We sometimes are sharp with each other Mm -hmm. and we come back. If we feel like it's needed and say, yeah, I was kind of sharp with you. I didn't really mean that. And I was feeling this way. That's not an excuse, but here's what was going on just so you understand. Um, but the thing is, we don't take it personally anymore. You know, our, our feelings don't get hurt. Um, we don't feel like it's going to be the end of our relationship if we disagree or um, we have a, 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 a sharp moment. Um, and mostly, and we've talked about this before, we try to be humorous about it. Um, we, we try to be funny. Because we, if you can lighten things up with humor a little bit, and you've heard Sarah do her funny voices and, and all of that, she, she's very good at like, oh, I, I, I can't even do it. I'm not even going to try. Um, but, but, you know, being able to just use that funny voice and say, you know, I, I didn't mean to do that. that my bad. Oh, I goofed. My apologies. I'm, yeah. I'm quite sorry. Uh, like, I'll, I'll do, if like... I'll do that all the time. Like I'll just, and I'll say it in probably in some weird accent or something. I'll be like, Ooh, I've done goofed. <laughs> I've, yeah. done, I've done a goofing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and for those of you who don't have that relationship with the person you live with or the uh, person you parent or the person who parents you, I, it, it takes work and it takes coming back time after time and saying, we want this to be different. Uh, it takes a tremendous investment in your relationship. I was not willing to let go of Sarah when we went through a terrible breakup, her other parent and I. I was not willing to let go of her. And I took a strong stand and just said, we're going to work through this. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I had to let go of all my attachments to what it would look like. And that was actually a great training ground for me to create my other friendships and relationships to be able to say, I don't know what these are going to look like. And I can't go into them with a preconceived notion that friendship looks like this and it only looks like this. So I have all kinds of different friends that I do different kinds of things with friends that I have deeper relationships with friends. I have lighter, more bantering relationships with. And I think Sarah's the same way. Oh yeah. You know, like 
I don't have like copy paste of the same friend, you know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, I have very, I have very different people in my life who have very different viewpoints on things, on relationships, on how to talk to people, like drastically different in some cases. Yeah, um, you do. Uh, yeah. But the, but the thing is I'm able to meet all of them and sort of understand where they're coming from based on how they were raised, how they grew up, the sort of experience that they, that they've had. Um, uh, because I do have friends, like, uh, as you know, a white woman, I'm going to have a different experience than a friend of mine who is also a woman, but a woman of color. And so there's also going to be differences in in that and how they see things or, you know, that kind of thing. Because culturally, it's going to be different for them. Uh, they're going to be uh, in the culture of how they were raised could be different. Bunch of bunch of things. So, um, but I respect that and I understand that. So I enjoy hearing what they have to say about certain situations because it's going to be a drastically different thing than another friend of mine or even my my own opinion of it. So it's it's good to have that sort of. Um, the, not necessarily a dichotomy, but it's kind of a mixing pot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <a> mixing pot. <laughs> of a, just different, different opinions that people have and uh, different viewpoints so that you get plenty of different perspectives uh, on situ on more difficult situations. And sometimes I'll ask questions just because of, uh, because of the drastic difference in like opinion, mostly just cause I like, because sometimes I need to hear like, the drastic one, the like really like critical and harsh one, like I'll never talk to him again. I'm like, okay, well, that's not really what I want to do, but I'm glad that you have told me that that's a thing that I can do. Like sometimes it's nice to have that permission of someone who is just like, you know what, get fucking rid of them, you know, like skedaddle. Like sometimes you don't necessarily want to admit that to yourself, but it's nice to have someone that's in your corner being like, if you really wanted to, you could leave. Like, so. Yeah, I had to do uh, some work this year on who did I feel really good about uh, being around and who made me feel really small and, and um, judged and, and um, like I was walking on eggshells. And, and I made a big decision to let go of anybody that made me feel small and like I had to walk on eggshells to be around them. Like I can see them out socially, like not a big deal, but I'm not going to spend energy on a relationship where I felt like I was being judged and, and I was having to be careful about what I said all the time. And yeah, that's, um, that, that's a tough one. That's not so, so I just want to recap a little bit. The biggest thing I think as we're talking about this topic is, is for you to really internally look at and listen to your own dialogue internally and with other people. Is it all about you or never about you? And really do a listening audit on yourself and, and, and pay attention to how you listen to other people. Because most of us don't listen the way we think we do. So I, I started practicing with Sarah when she was a teenager and we were going through the big drama and all of that. Where I, and I've shared this before in other episodes where I would just sit like this. So I wouldn't say anything. She'd sit with you know, her hand over her mouth for the, those who are oh yeah, for, audio for, listeners. For people, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I interrupted you. What, what she was saying was, um, for those of you who are just listening and aren't watching, I would put my hand over my mouth, literally put my hand on my mouth and just sit there, you know, so that I would have a reminder not to talk, to allow her to have all the space she needed to say what she needed to say. And then I could model for her that you listen to people. Um, you let them have their, their say, you let them listen. And if she interrupted me while I was talking, I'd say, well, wait, wait, I wanna be able to, to talk now too. Uh, and she could learn how to do that. And, and she's gotten really good at that. 
Um, that is a, a skill that most of us aren't born with, I don't think. Um, but it's definitely something every single person can learn. It's part and of so, the art of conversation. Yeah. And like the art of conversation isn't, <laughs> is not something you're born with. Ooh, <laughs> no. Anyone wants to tell you, yeah, I, I like the second I popped out of the womb, I knew how to have a conversation. It was written in my DNA. It's like, dude, uh, I really think not. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere you learned that skill. Yeah. Um, it's, so, yeah. it's absolutely a learned one. Uh, and it's, and it's learned through, you know, the modeling of other people in your life who are, who are paying attention and, um, to other people, to themselves, how they talk to themselves, how they talk to other people, how they spoke to you and what they did for you. Like my mom, as she said, like she really did like model, like how to communicate really well, how to, how to express myself. Um, and that I could take the time to find the words to articulate what I wanted to say. And like, I didn't need to like have all of the words like right then and there in the, in the moment, but I could take the time to figure that, that out. And she would, you know, be willing to listen then too. So, um, you know, having someone modeling that in your life is going to greatly impact how you're able to communicate further along in your other relationships. I totally agree. And, and for me growing up, I wouldn't say that either of my parents modeled that very well, but I was um, really fortunate to be raised in a, a church where other people modeled that really well for me. So I remember I was, you know, as a teenager, I was in the um, adult choir and I would be driven to choir rehearsal by um, other adults. And they really modeled for me listening to me. They gave me a space to listen and they shared their experience and allowed me to listen to them. So I learned a lot about that um, from, from all of that. And they didn't make it about themselves. Um, I had some people who were really kind of uh, advanced in their abilities to communicate and relate. And they made it a priority to give me that space and allow me to feel heard. And um, that was such a gift. You know, so anytime you've got that opportunity to do that with other young people, if you're an adult listening to this, it doesn't matter who the young person is in your life. That is such a gift to a young person to be heard. And, and it's a gift, even for me at, at my stage of life, I love being present with people and, and having a space where I can feel heard because I kept everything inside for so many years because I didn't feel safe. And so now for me, it's not as big a deal to share, but for a long time it was, and it didn't feel safe. And, and I, I felt awkward. And, and so that's why I became a, such a good listener because I didn't feel safe sharing my feelings. And so um, it's such a great honor to be able to uh, be present for people in that way. And it's also an honor for them when you allow them to be present for you. Uh, so that's all I have to say today, Sarah. You got anything more? No. All right. Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to being with you again. Mm -hmm. And for now, just remember, we love you. Mm -hmm. ah. <laughs>